guys. We don't even have to do an intro. I guess this it's is just kind of a laid back one. Laid back kind of random episode. Yeah, this is uh, this would be episode fourteen. Uh, we got Ben here, Ben Rausch. Yep, back for his third time on the podcast. Can't get enough, man. However, we do not have Andrew. He's Andrew. on vacation, being a bum. Yes, enjoying Andrew the sun. Is enjoying himself in the Bahamas, right? Uh, he's on a cruise, and I he might be in the Bahamas. The Caribbean. Right? Caribbean. Yeah, he's in the Caribbean. Okay. Me and Ben were just talking about books. He brought three books today. Yep. Um, most are about finance. I think that's what we're going to be talking about today. But uh, when we reached that board, Ed, uh, what I wanted to tell you before we started recording was that you get a job for the skills, right? Yeah, like we were talking about at work. Yeah, that's what we talked about. That was like the essence of our conversation at work. Um, and... That's that's exactly right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, so like, I mean, dishwashing really isn't a skill, but just you know, the, the banter and the back and forth between everybody yeah. at work. I for me, I think, like for me in a job, I think the two things I take away that are valuable are the skills that you can learn and provide, but also the connections you can make, and that can benefit you in the future. The connections that you make. Yeah, yeah man. Because those connections. Yeah can ultimately get you a better job or you can learn a lot from someone else you know there's like all these kind of different skills that you can have like yeah. like this like the the connection with chef dan dude where he's like he's like dude let's go to latvia yeah like fucking farm like, imagine imagine going to work one day and your boss just saying that like so many people that's just unimaginable that's yeah. just out of this world yeah like remember when you said that uh that when you and andrew at wendy's like all these people, they didn't even get their day, their time off. Yeah. So those people are in the rat race, man. They're just working. I mean, so are we, but I mean, pretty much half of them were like high school dropouts or just people that didn't go to college and they're just they've been working there for like years. Oh man. Nine to five every single day, working like nine ten hours. Poor kids, crazy. man. Poor people. I mean, they're not they're not really using any skills that are gonna be useful in life. I mean, they're just making sandwiches. Cleaning. They know. should. Anybody can lead be a salesman. Yeah. So like, they should do that. Like I, I was thinking earlier. Like, when I went to Kroger, there was all these people that worked nights. Look, I don't know what going on in their lives, but you could have like did some like sales work, you know, and like tried to face that yeah. fear if they're afraid of it, of course. But because. When I was offered when I was offered the job at the car, the car wash, Mr. C's, on a uh, twenty six a mile, right? Yeah, and the other one, on, the uh, express. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they were like, yeah, you're gonna have to do sales sometimes, and that freaked me the hell out. <laughs> Especially since I'm not, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna sell gift cards. Are you kidding me? Gift yeah, cards for car a, wash. It's a big, big task on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's insane. So like, if I if I'm selling like, like at this this place, it's um. Fuck, I forgot what it's called. It's like World Mortgage something. Yeah, so look it up. Okay. So it, it's like, it's like first of all, the whole place is very comfortable. Like it's a again, it's like a campus. And second of all, it's like I'd be selling things that are actually interested in that I'm actually want to learn about. So like, again, dude, Robert Kiyosaki, he's changed my life. <laughs> It's in Pontiac, right? Yeah. 
this book. The winds of change related to education and the educational systems. They are blowing with new blood in Washington, new momentum related to school choice and students gravitating and even demanding teachers with real world experience. I've believed that for things to change, first I must change. And today, many people are choosing to change and advocate for change in an antiquated, obsolete system. Real winners will be the kids who may finally learn about money in school. Is it United Wholesale? Yes. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my favorite quote in this book. Dude, that's, that's a big building. Yeah, the whole fucking... It reminds me of Google, like what you said. Yeah, you ever seen a show called Silicon Valley? Um, like, it reminds me of that. Like, like it's it, it's not a tech company, but there's there's IT in it, and my cousin works in IT. And um, You're talking to him about... About, like, becoming involved with, like, the mortgages. And it, what's really interesting is, is he was telling me, him and his, his dad were telling me that, like, that what they teach you is they teach you a little bit of everything. Exactly what these books teach us. Like... To know, to to put some of your eggs in like a few different baskets. Yeah. You know what I mean. So like like he knows. So like say say somebody comes up to him and is like, oh, you work at United Wholesale. It's like, um, what can you tell me about their their mortgage program or something like that? He's not gonna be like, you know, I couldn't tell you. I'm in IT. Yeah. Because because that would be like 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 you know that would give the company kind of a bad reputation like. It makes sense for everybody to know a little bit of something, of everything, rather. Mm-hmm. It's like that, that kind of, that's like real progression. And that's what makes me want to come to the company. Yeah, that's pretty much like our job right now. You know, we just, we just don't wash dishes. That's it. If you're like dishwasher, you think of, you know, like a restaurant or a small restaurant, you just wash dishes, that's it. Mm-hmm. We do more than that. Dishes is like, like 50%, sometimes even less than that in a day is what we do. I mean, we wash dishes most of the day today. Yeah, but like some days, like depending on how many people there, we'll split up work and some like will be downstairs working with the pantry chefs down there or we'll be upstairs, you know, prepping for a big event. But it's like at a job, you want a job where you can diversify yourself in the whole company, be able to understand what the whole company does, what you can actually learn from it, not just one section. I mean, you can, you can specialize in one section, but being able to understand the whole picture is very important. Imagine, like, like you and I and Andrew, we all, we all try to understand the brain, right? Yeah. And like, it's not like we're just gonna focus on one part. Like, say we're, like, say we're really interested in the limbic system. We're not gonna focus on the limbic system because you need the cortex and everything in that, like the left brain and the right brain. You need all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, you can't understand one. You can't understand the whole picture by understanding just the technology aspect. Like, I don't know if he's a programmer or something. But it, it would be interesting. And I, I say it would be, but that's not like... Like, I'm really determined to get this job, man. Like, it sounds amazing. You talking about that makes me want to finish this book and then start that book first. And you, then possibly even this book or Atomic Habits. I'm sure they, they have the this, this like the same ideas in it because, like... He's he's like uh, it's like a psychology of money. This book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. And on the back of here it says, 
Uh, it's a starting point for anyone looking to gain control of their financial literature and financial future. And it really is, man. It seriously is. Especially this version, because it's updated. Well, if you look up anywhere on the internet, look up best books to read to become financially literate. I did that once in a while to see the books pop up. That, like, 9 out of 10 times, that always pops up on everybody's list. And it's crazy. I went to Barnes & Noble to try and buy it before I ordered it online. And yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere in the financial business or anything. But Was it online? It was online, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've seen pictures where, like, the book is, like, on, like, display cases. Yeah. So it's like it's like a huge book. It's like the number one personal finance book. It says here, but like maybe I, I missed that. I saw it at Target once, along with Atomic Habits, because I was just I was in the book section. I'm like, I wonder, I wonder what's here. I saw that book. I saw that book. I saw a few other books, but I mean, considering their book section is only like two aisles. It's... I wish they had a bigger store, man. I wish that. Uh, I just wish it was like easy to find the books in that store because it's so fun going to the bookstore. And then, like, you don't find anything. Yeah. You don't, you don't find anything that you want because we're, we're reading all this, like, obscure shit. It's not even obscure. It's not obscure at all. It's just, like, too obscure for that store. Yeah. Like, like I can find, like, Steinbeck or, like, Harry Potter. Or you can find Harry Potter anywhere. Easily. Yeah. Bookstores are not selling Harry Potter. They're idiots. They're missing out. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long, how long have the books been out? Harry Potter? Potter? Yeah, I think since the nineties. Dude, it's it's amazing though how, thirty years later, twenty thirty years later, that the book is still selling a lot. On I think on Goodreads, there's um. I forget what, but they've sold over like two hundred million copies of it. Of, oh, of oh, the first book. Oh, the first book. Yeah, I think so. Okay. It was the first or second book. I remember seeing that. Yeah, I remember the I remember Goblet of Fire. And uh, Prisoner of Azkabar being like the ones that people would read. Like, dude, that was, it was like a cult of fascination. All these kids in silent reading, they'd have either Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. <laughs> that remember, was great. I remember this now in like elementary school, middle school. Especially my sisters, they, they loved Harry Potter and they read, read the books along with their friends. I remember at school, they would have like Harry Potter, um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. Those were good. Or man. some of those um, those adventure novels or those... Um, Goosebumps or something. Yeah, Goosebumps. Michigan Chillers. Or those those like fantasy novels. All those mystical creatures. There's a lot of those. Yeah, there's a lot of those, yeah. I'm trying to think. I have an idea of what you're talking about. Yeah. Like vaguely. I'm going to start... What is that? Writing is like a handbook. Let me see. Ben's got a written, handbook. I haven't written anything, but I just wrote journal notes. That's it. But I want to start writing stuff I learned from books, so I can go back to it. You know what I do? I mean, I don't. All I have is a little note card, but there are these these yellow things that that take up probably like like half down here and then like half the page. Yeah. And like that's good for it because it's like already in the book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I want to pick underline up, something exactly. If I want to pick this up, like all I mean, all I have to do is like read the underlined stuff. But like if I want to find something that's like really important, like for example, um, what a ten what a, a ten thirty one is or ten thirteen is, all I have to do is be like, all right, it's on so and so page, 
and yeah. it's uh, a way to avoid taxes legally. That's what I did with um, when I was reading through this, and I mentioned something that you under- underlined. I would go back and I would just skim through and be like, "Oh, it's it's right here." I just picked out a random page, but I just wanted to read it. It's been a while since I read that book. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this again. I'm gonna go through my own copy. I'm gonna underline it even it, more. It was so funny, dude. When we'd sit in our debates and social psych, I'd be talking about like obstacles the way, or yeah. just like things that from the obstacles the way, and they'd be like, "What do you believe? Everything you hear in a book." It's like a step. It's like a step down from the internet thing because it's really, really stupid. But I'd be like, "All right, I'm gonna go get the book." Then, then you ask them where, where they get their information from. Yeah, I, I didn't really ask them, but yeah, but. yeah, that's that's not really an avenue I wanted to go down because that was fucking idiotic. <laughs> I don't know. People, people that question others that read books or question why they get their information from these. Yeah, are they should be the ones really questioning themselves. And why they're not reading that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so stupid. You, 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 and Andrew told me that you guys just sit in class and read books, and your friends like make fun of you. Yeah. What the fuck. Yeah, in one of our classes, yeah. But if we have free time, which we do in a lot of our classes, like our uh, physics class, that's after our lunch. We eat lunch in there, and then we just our class is like 10, 15 minutes, so we just read. And you know, you guys don't eat lunch at lunch. No, because we get off the bus, and that's. From CSI. Oh, from yeah. CSI. Okay. But and then we like we go to architecture. Sometimes we're not doing anything. Packing. Yeah, we read a book. <laughs> and people people look at us kind of funny. I'm like, you guys are on your phone just like playing games on TikTok. This is really gonna help you in the future. Yeah, it is. You're reading TikTok like, all like the time. Like what? Like what I can get from here, and especially what I can get from there when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, is is gonna help me more than what they'll do in like five years. These two books, man. These are enlightening. Like, what I read from Atomic Habits, that's fucking enlightening too. That's what, like, when I used to watch Captain Sinbad, like, that's what he, that's the kind of shit he was saying. And he loves that book too. Yeah. Atomic Habits. I don't know about psychology of money though. I'm, I'm more of a, like, I take a psychology class, so the book interested me. Both of those books, I, I'd want, I'd want on my shelf one day. Yeah, this one, this one stood out to me. It was on someone's reading list, I'm not sure where, or someone recommended it online, and then it really went into, not like deep psychology, but it went through a bunch of aspects. I was like, psychology is kind of my thing, so I picked it out. It's everybody's thing. Everybody likes psychology now. Yeah, but I like it to a certain extent. That's why... What's your extent? Practical things? Practical things. Like, I want to know what, like, especially with Atomic Habits, that goes into... Some of our behaviors are like the pages our automatic like behaviors and our manual behaviors. But it's it's just interesting to me. Like there's so many things that just go on inside of our head that we don't know. Dude, fucking tell me about it. When you watch a I'm movie, it's like mind blown. It's it's dude, it's mind blowing when you watch Jordan Peterson and you're like and you have like all these like 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 what did you watch when you were a kid? Like what movies did you like? Um Harry Potter was one of them. Okay. Um um, I watched the Marvel movies growing up. Like Spider-Man and all that shit. Yeah, Star and, Wars. And you yeah. realize, and, and when, like, you watch Jordan Peterson, or you, you read Carl Jung, like, about his archetypes, and you, you, like, equate those ideas, especially when Jordan Peterson talks about Carl Jung, he, like, he'll, he'll guide you through his teachings with the, with the Lion King, and then you can equate the Lion King 
its ideas to literally any movie or TV show or book. And Harry Potter is one of those. Yeah. Star Wars is definitely one of those. Like, and then it just gives you like a whole new meaning on the movies. Like, like, like it, like, and it's the reason why you loved it as a kid because it's like the mythological hero. He is in a place that he's in a, a shit heap, and then he comes out on top in the end. Well, it's 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 cool that you can go to a movie, and then you can watch it as a kid. You can enjoy it because you you get kind of a storyline, but you don't understand it completely. But then you can watch it like ten years later, and you're like eighteen, whatever, nineteen, twenty, mm-hmm. and you can have a totally different understanding of that movie, which is crazy. Just you can get two different sides of the story, dude. Just in a short span of time, I watched Toy Story one and two like like every day. For like the longest time when I was when I was like two three years old yeah and like one was like two was my favorite but one was great because like Woody's just like this 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 tyrant this dick who's like afraid to lose his power right yeah and he, he's afraid to be undermined and as soon as he is like like his his whole world is, is like crumbling and, and he and he and he, like at first he goes and save Buzz because like. Because everybody hates him, but then he, but then he realizes that like beyond the dorky fucking idi- idiocy, he's a good guy. Yeah, you know. But it, it's just it's a brilliant movie, and and th- there have been people that have been like, if you fucking cry because of because of a a goddamn um, because people were crying at Toy Story three when they were dying, yeah. right? And it's like if you cry because of an animated movie, you're just like an idiot. And it's like that. That's that's on the level like someone saying like you believe everything you read in books. Yeah, it's like you can convey emotion through anything, a story, anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to be with people. It be with animations. It could be with objects. Like there was a Pixar short with like the lamps. You ever yeah. seen that? Yeah. That is something else, man. Dude, that is Pixar amazing. Shorts are. <laughs> Those are crazy. Like flashbacks right there. Yeah. They're on, like, every DVD. It's a good thing to keep your DVDs. <laughs> Dude, Pixar. I remember having those VHS tapes and those DVDs. I got some, those. Some people, are, some people aren't old enough to know, know what that is. So, but VHS is? Yeah. They aren't at all. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. Some people, some people my age don't even know what they are. It's insane. Your age. Yeah. When age. were you born, like, 2002? 2003. Okay. I mean, some people might have grown up with DVDs in their household, but... Like, we had VHS and DVDs, and then eventually we just had DVDs. And then, now it's pretty much all digital. Mm-hmm. We also still have DVDs. It's all instant, man. It's all right here. I was talking about this on Christmas. We have these, like, talk like this on Christmas, my uncle. Yeah. And my cousins, too. Like, they're interested in this shit. Non sequitur. Just for a second. My, my cousin, she's 11, and we're talking about TikTok. And she's like, I haven't been on TikTok in, like, years. And they all have phones, right? Mm-hmm. So, so and and, and uh, she's like, yeah, it's bad for your attention span. I was like, God damn it, that is fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, like I, I love that, but but it, it's Wait, so. How old is she? She's like eleven, man. Is that the one who reads and writes? She used to read. Now she writes. Dude, she's gonna be a. She, she's she's be good a at dancing. She's gonna be a genius. Dude, these kids are gonna be geniuses. You should have heard. She's setting herself up for life, and she doesn't even know it. I know. I know. Like simple it's things, insane. Simple things that you could start doing at a young age before you start bad habits or before 
you start doing things like being on your phone all the time, sitting down and watching TV all the time, like going outside or like sitting down and reading while you're inside or like writing, not spending all your time on TikTok. You're like, you're setting yourself up without knowing it. And it's so crazy that you're, you're setting yourself up ultimately for the future. Dude. Forever. And, and it's brilliant, man, because like they, they have all these extracurricular activities. Like they all play soccer. That's good. The oldest one plays three sports, and one of those sports he travels all all around the United States. We talked about this, but yeah, like like he's gaining worldliness at such a young age. Like it's amazing. It's so amazing. Like travel soccer would have been amazing for me, but I was in AYSO. Yeah, I was in AYSO too. Oh my! My God. sister did. Uh, she did travel soccer, and I remember going to like Indiana, Ohio. Um. Uh, places in Michigan for her travel soccer. Did they pay for your ticket? No, you drive there. Oh, you drive there? Yeah, you drive there. Okay. Because that's what they do. They drive. Yeah. The youngest, my youngest cousin is like, like, he's all, he, every now and then he asks a question about like God and the universe. <laughs> it, it's so cute because he's like six, seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's great because like, because like, like instead of me just being like, like, all right, I'm gonna explain it to him. I I just want to hear him ask more questions. There was there was one night we we're sitting in a bonfire and we're just all quiet and all of a sudden he's like, "If God created the universe, then where did God come from?" Oh my god! <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. I was like, "Oh my god!" The kids just just developing over here. And and then my and my uncle looked at me and he's like, "This is this is normal." <laughs> Normal. He's just he just asks really really absurd questions. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's considered absurd. I mean, how how would you answer that question? How did I answer it? Yeah. I uh, I said I don't know. You, you uh, should you should say this. You should say, maybe one day you can figure that out. Yeah, or something like that. I think a good kinda, way to figure it out. Give it like a curious outlook, as in. Kind of give him the path to find it himself. Mm-hmm. Just be like, I, I guess the best thing to be like is, because I've been figuring out a lot of stuff about Christianity through psychology, but I guess I could be like, yeah, you could figure it out through the scriptures themselves. You can figure it out through psychology. And he'll be like, what the hell is that? What's a scripture? What's a, what's a psychology? I just start reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. My, my, one of my uncles is a, is a pastor. Mm-hmm. We were talking, and I was like, "Have you read the Bible?" And, and he's like, "He's like, over twenty times." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "My God, man!" I mean, I knew he was a pastor. But I, I didn't know. Just run through the Bible twenty times. Like you're reading over the same paragraph where it's like, "Adam lived to nine hundred, and he bore seven children, and then they bore ten more, living to a hundred. And it's like it goes on and on and on. And oh my gosh, God. I hope someone that's listening right now has read the Bible and is just dying hysterically <laughs> at your depiction of the Bible right there. That's my depiction when I read Genesis. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. I, I mean, because I opened it, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking like, this is going to be great. It's going to be like format, like a story. Yeah. But it's, it's just like. You gotta know these facts. You gotta know how long Adam lived. There's the Old Testament. There's the New Testament. And it's all good stuff, man. It's amazing. That's where we get controversial, because the Bible is amazing. 
Yep. That's why we don't go too deep into religion. You don't? No, I, I'm just saying that's why usually when I talk to people, I don't usually bring up politics or religion. Yeah, people get angry at that. But, dude, I'm not going to get angry at that. Yeah. You know me. I mean, I like to have open conversation, you know, hear it from both sides, but... Tried that with Mikofsky, and I was like, dude, the Bible. Dude, shut down, shut down, shut down. <laughs> you, I, I take you shut as an idiot. <laughs> no offense, but shut the fuck up. Man, I wish he still worked there. So we could fuck with him. But he was, he was, he was a stunt to my growth, that's for sure. Because I, I, I kept trying to persuade him and persuade him. And, and, and we were just not on the same page ever. We were both way too disagreeable. I mean, guys, I wasn't. Well, I can imagine Makovsky's... I mean, I, I do know he's very stubborn, so... Mm -hmm. The short time I did work with him, so... I was telling him about, like, stuff like... Like, uh, like some philosophy, and I was like, if that's right, then this can't be right. But if that's right, then it all makes sense. And I was, like, going through all this, like, yeah. stuff, and he's like, you're overthinking it, you're overthinking it. It's like, no, I'm not overthinking. I'm thinking of exactly the right amount. You're just you're just thinking of all the outcomes, you know? Mm -hmm. you're, people, just thinking, you're just thinking on such a deep level that there's so many outcomes. People are afraid to think that much, about even about small things. Yeah, you have to use your brain power. A lot of people don't have that. So. Yeah. But another thing is you've got to realize, some people, most people don't realize this. I don't fully realize it either. But you've got to realize when it's irrational mm -hmm. and when it's not. And, and it's a lot deeper than that. You need a lot more of a description than that. And the best way to describe that is the anima and the animus. But I'm not going to go in deep on that. Oh, don't worry, Marco. You always talk about that. It's one of my favorite topics. I know. It's a very, very valuable topic. Mm -hmm. You should read Invisible Partners. I should. I should add that to my list. Or anything about the anima at all. I should add that to my list of 20 books. Andrew's probably really enjoying it. Oh, does he have it right now? Yeah, he's got it. I, I like how we just share books. It's awesome, man. Dude, it's, it's, it's so awesome because then you can talk to someone about it. You haven't let me a book yet. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I have these two books that you don't have that I can lend to you. But like this, you lend this book to me, Obstacles Away, which I was looking at. Or no, we were talking about it. And then we were talking about Ryan Holiday because he wrote, he also wrote, what was it? Obstacle. Okay, we already got the obstacle. Your ego is the enemy. Yeah, that that was Still on my the, list. The Daily Stoic is the one he's most known for. And then he wrote another Daily Stoic book. He has two of them, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The second one, I think he wrote by himself. Yeah. But I definitely want to lend you, depending on how this book goes, which I think I will very much like it. I want to have to say because I believe it will tie very well into that. You would like this. Atomic Habits, dude. So many of these, these like the Psychology of Money, that's a good name. But like Atomic Habits, that's a really good name. And Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's like that. this is unique as fuck. Yeah. Because like like this, it's not exactly a unique situation, but it's unique. Like, it, it's unique. It's, in, it's straight to the point, I would say. It's very, it's very clear. Mm -hmm. It starts off as a story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very clear. It's so easy to read. Like, like I have these, like, fantasies in my head where I just, like, take these, like, buy, like, ten copies of this book and just pass them out to people in, like, a library and be like, read this book. Yeah. This is going to change your life. I, I should buy multiple copies of that, and you should do the same. And if you ever talk to someone that's into books or thinks about reading a book or wants 
to learn more about finances and become financially literate, just hand them that book. And, that, and tell them to come back in like three weeks, four weeks, whenever they're done with the book, and tell them what they think of the book. Give it to my uncle, dude. Give my uncle and I feel like that would change someone's life in a significant way. It would do, but they, they'd want to read it. But like, like it's exactly what like, you know that idea that Andrew had, where he's like we we should go um we should go to like Hamtramck or like Detroit or something and pass out like like hamburgers to homeless people. Yeah, and talk to people. We could do that, and give them this book. Yeah. Or like Atomic Habits or something like that. This would be preferable, because like, because like teaching teaching finances, and psychology mm-hmm. to people who don't really have money, the, the less fortunate. Would be like the best thing you can do. Yeah, I, I'd say. I mean, just giving them a book in general, just to read, because obviously they don't have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. They're just in the streets, you know. They're in the homeless shelters. But giving them something to read, especially something they can take away from, I think that'd be very valuable. Yeah, worth more than the money. I so glad I found this at the stage. Give, give them a meal. Give them a book. Talk to them for like ten minutes, you know. Buy like three copies of. Uh, of Atomic Habits, three copies of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Be like, which one do you want? Do you want both? Yeah, and you know what you could do? Because, you know, in the homeless community, they usually know someone else at, like, homeless shelter or down the road. It's like, hey, when you're done reading that book, pass it on to someone else. It's a gift that keeps on giving, Marco. It's the Christmas season. Yeah. It's genius. This is getting written down. That's genius. All right. This came with a genius idea. We're extending the plan. Holy shit, man. Give burgers and books to homeless people. Brilliant. Fucking brilliant. Look because like they would pass it around. Yeah. And and then it would just it would just go all around. Like, dude, we would be doing a service. Do you realize that? We 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 we'd be we'd be like if they actually read it, we'd be affecting the state of the the, the statistics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That'd be amazing. Not that this is a problem, but even, like even if it's at like a slow rate, which obviously it's not gonna be like significant, like oh yeah, like the poverty rate is gonna like drastically decrease. But just being able to go into a community and to talk to someone and understand their situation. And being able to feed them for a night or a day and hand them a book and just talk to them about a book and letting them read it and then letting them pass it on to someone else. That on its own is... Think about the sales experience. Yeah. I mean, you're not selling it for money, but but it's like, it's like, is it worth my time is the question. Yeah, you're kind of, you know, selling them the book in a way, but you're still giving it to them. You're selling it through your oration skills. Mm-hmm. Like I want to take public speaking classes. I want to learn sales. All this, all this stuff is coming on the horizon because of this book. I mean, I've always wanted wanted to take public speaking classes, but this book has reinforced that with with um with learning to interact with customers and like actually wanting to. It's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be incredible. I can't wait to go to work. Like I have all these. Like dress clothes, I got this one, but this one's kind of old, you know. Yeah. So like, I wouldn't wear that there. But like, all these clothes in there in, in my in my closet, mm. I can finally put them to use. Like, 
on Amazon, the, the models, they wear like a cardigan and then a dress shirt under it. Yeah. It's like, that looks beautiful. Like, that looks amazing. And I would love to go to work like that. Dude, you'd be, you'd be using, you know, your things for good use mm-hmm. every day. Look good. Not, not good, speak very good. But, but feel good. But feel good because I'm learning to speak better. Yes, and if you're confident, that alone can push you in the right direction. I know I can nail the interview because, because um, I... Like, like, just I, we've already talked about, it. dude. Like, you're, you're I ambitious, you're determined. I'm so ambitious. I I just like this is it, man. I, I'm I'm not gonna be like, yeah, I'll be out of here in five years, you know, because like they want somebody who's gonna stay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Long term. I, I I'm not gonna be too. Um, I'm not gonna make it clear that I'm gonna leave. But I'm just, you know just be like a job. Is you need to earn skills and, and like I'm gonna. Not bash it, but I'm gonna say this is what this is what college doesn't get right. So, so because like so many so many people who want to who want to do education, they go through college and then they start, say they teach biology, but all they know is the little experiments that they did in class and the little experiments they did outside of class, and the material that they had to memorize for all the those years. And, all that, yeah. and that's it. That's it, it. That's literally it. They just memorize. They they input information. And then they kind of summarize it, they kind of combine it, and then they output information to a test. And that's it. Like today, so many people, like Andrew talks about this with me, is that when we were coming around to exams, talking about like type A learners, you know, people that, people that will just, you know, read information, or it's very hard for them to study, but they just input information, and by the time they output it for a test, they're done. That's it. That's literally what I do with college. And, um, well, you do it just to pass, you know, just, just enough to get by. And yeah, that's it. Some stuff I hold on to, but, but that's it. And I don't remember the terms because the terms, fuck the terms. Why would you want to remember all that shit when you could remember the details mm-hmm. and, and like what we're talking about now, it's like this kinds of learning. This is the cone of learning. This is on page 28, rich dad, poor dad. It's like 90% of what we say and do, um, after two weeks, we tend to remember this. Like we remember this for like a longer amount of time. Mm-hmm. This is like doing the real thing, so like experience, simulating the real experience, so like, like a like a, a class lab, um, doing a dramatic presentation. That's perfect, because because then you remember, because like like if you did good or you did bad, yeah. like you have people watching you and you're either embarrassed or you're proud of yourself, and you remember that. You know what I mean? And that's that's an active nature of involvement, and passive is like seeing it done, watching a demonstration, looking at an exhibit, watching a movie, looking at pictures, hearing words, lecture, reading. So, at the bottom, is hearing words, lecture, and reading. But we remember a lot what we read. Mm-hmm. So, so because we're actually really really interested in it. Well, you're taking your own time. You know, it's not not doing it. On, like the clock of the college, you know, you're not just like clocking the work or clocking in for. College. That's exactly what I think about it. Because you kind of like once you walk into that classroom, or you walk into work, you put this mindset on like, okay, I have to get work done. I have to, I have to retain all this information, just enough to pass this class and just enough to pass this quiz or this lecture or whatever it is. Because that's how it is. But outside of home, outside of school, when you come home, could you like 20 minutes later after that test and you go home, could you go? 
on a notebook at home and write down what you just learned and what you just put down the test. No. People can't even probably put down 10% of what they just learned. Multiple choice tests, you will rely on those. Have you noticed that in school, like... Yeah, process of elimination. They raise their hand and they're like, is it multiple choice? And if it's not, panic. Dude, that was half of my classes were asking me. is like, oh, is it multiple choice? Is it multiple choice? That's one thing I remember from high school, like, so much. Everybody was worried about that. What are the essay questions? What are the essay questions? What are the bonus questions? People would fucking panic. And naturally, dude. That's how it is. So it's a rat race. College is a rat race. What are you reading right now? Um, I'm trying to read somewhere around page 90. talks about jobs. Um... Introduces to the broom. Is that what, like, baby steps? I mean, the the chapter begins with, do your job, do it right. Um, I don't know, if you want to read this page, see what you take away from it. Where my thumb's at. Read it out loud. Okay, so top? Yeah. Okay. So this is Andrew Carnegie? Okay. Yeah. So within one year... Of him starting at the school, he was a professor, teaching a full course, a full course load in addition to his studies. By his twenty-sixth birthday, he was the dean. This is what happens when you do your job, whatever whatever it is, and do it well. That's for sure. These went men went from humble poverty to power by always doing what they were asked to do, and doing it right with real pride, and doing it better than anyone else. In fact, doing it well because no one else wanted to do it. And you see that shit everywhere. Remember in Into the Wild when, when Chris would do all the shit jobs? Mm-hmm. At the, the green elevator. But he was greatly in time. But he yeah. loved doing it, though. Yeah, there's people, people that have worked there for years. And he stopped by for a season just to work, just to make enough money. And he loved to get dirty. That was yeah. the thing. It builds who you are. Is that Did I write that? This is just yeah. a job. Yeah, it isn't who I am. Anything you wrote or underlined is ah, typically yes. from you. I should read this. Sometimes on the road to where we are going or where we want to be, we have to do things that we'd rather not do. Often we are just starting out our first jobs. Introduce us to the broom, as Andrew Carnegie famously put it. There's nothing shameful about sweeping. It's just another opportunity to excel and to learn. Like what you're talking about at the, the mortgage place. Mm-hmm. Is that you, just don't want, you just don't learn one thing. Like your cousin who's in IT. He just doesn't know IT. He knows everything about the company. That's right. He knows how to sweep. Everybody knows how to sweep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, he knows, he knows but in, enough in, about everything. In a sense, he's familiar with the broom. Mm-hmm. Everybody's familiar with the broom. That's for fucking sure. Okay, but last paragraph. But you, you're so busy thinking about the future. You don't take any pride in the tasks you're given right now. You just phone it all in cash your paycheck, and dream of some higher situation in life. That's what everybody does, does dude. Mm-hmm. We all fantasize about everything. And something I learned from... Fuck. I, something I learned from Invisible Partners was don't fantasize about positive things. About, like, oh, like great times and things. And don't fantasize about negative things. Because because that, that just leads you to be more anxious because you're not living in the moment. And that's the best... That's the simplest way I can put it. Gotta read the book. Invisible partners. Um, but yeah, last thing. 
you think this is just a job. It isn't who I am. It doesn't matter. And that's what I see from a lot of people at Cherry Creek. Yeah. Cherry Creek made me made me realize. So you see a lot of different characters at Cherry Creek. It's hard to explain that. Because, like, one thing that I have, have issue with when um, when articulating my thoughts to people I don't really know well is, like, like say... Say say they, they they come up to me and be like, why are you so, like spotless in your sweeping? I'd be like, well, I take pride in this job. Like, well, you take pride in sweeping? It's like, well, not really. Like that that's where I'd get all tongue tied and really struggle to explain what I just read there. Well, if you if you like doing your job, if you love your job, you have to love doing every part of it. You know. What was that page? Sorry. Um, it's page ninety four, I believe. Thank you. You do have to love every part of it. Gotta do it with joy, gotta do it with pride. Mm-hmm. Gotta do it with joy with what you gotta do with pride? Is that what you said? So you gotta do it with joy and you gotta do it with pride. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, this makes sense. I just wanted to corner something. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, so, before I came here, I listened to a little bit of a short clip of one of um, Joe Rogan's episodes with Elon Musk. And exactly. he quoted Theodore Roosevelt. He said, they're talking about happiness, joy, and money. And he quoted Theodore Roosevelt. He said, comparison is the thief of joy. Wow. That is poetic. It is. And it, it like it struck me for a second and I watched it twice. I'm like that's very true. Mhm. Compare yourself to other people. Mhm. And you rob yourself of your individuality. Yeah. You're trying to live someone else's life when you're not living your own. Mhm. You're trying to live in someone else's moment. Parents do that to their kids all the time. Mhm. Why don't you be like more like Johnny? Mhm. Yeah. Especially when you're the oldest sibling and you're like parents go talk to like the youngest and like hey why don't you be like your brother a little more and get like better grades or be like your sister and go to a good college mm-hmm. luckily my parents haven't said that to me but i am about to jump on a rant right now go ahead that is insane man it is so insane like like we're we're the ones that are curious and figuring this shit out mm-hmm. and not afraid to say things like this so it's like you have to wonder what the fuck is going on in like like the people who raised us, like what were they thinking when they're like, yeah, you're gonna go to college, you're gonna get a job, and you're gonna get benefits and be safe and secure. Mm. And it's like, and it's like, well, I'll be a lot more successful if I do it this way. Everything we've been talking about finance so far, and like reading reading the books, or like taking courses from from Robert here, or um, or going to Toastmaster, what I mentioned at work, like yeah. doing things like that. Getting a job in sales to learn sales, all that kind of shit. Uh, writing by yourself, you, you get the idea. Like if you're doing that, that's what I expressed at the table yesterday, and both of them we had this fucking like shitty fucking look on their face that like I couldn't tell if it was like he's right, um, he shouldn't do it, or he shouldn't do it because he's gonna fail because it's too hard. Or whatever, it's like all right. So so here's here's our solution. How about 
How about we all, as the middle class, the collection of parents, how about we suppress our kids so that they can live like us? Brilliant, isn't it? Well, if you're in the middle class, you have to think like the middle class, so. And yeah, but you can take a step out of your boundaries. That is true. That's what this country is based It's not like we're in India. That is true. You know. There's one thing, um, another podcast I was listening to, I'm not sure what it was, but I listened to another short clip of that, and the guy said, the reason why kids struggle with finances and teens growing up is either their parents don't talk to them about it, and if they do talk to their parents, it's either they're learning things from their parents that made them live in that situation, and he said, do not talk to people that they're not living like your ideal life or your ideal situation in finances said, go to someone that may seem like very absurd and very out there, but he says, reach out to them and try to make connections with people, you know? Yeah. And, and, and if you're an entrepreneur, hire people that are smarter than you. Yeah. That, that's what Robert says. That, that's what a smart person would say. Like, I keep going to Robert. People are going to be like, oh, he's a fucking, he's sucking his balls. But it's like, it's like, it's like, I'm not sucking his balls. I'm sucking the knowledge right out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I like I should be doing that. Everybody should be doing that. You know, it's like same with Jordan. Yeah, everybody Peterson. should be sucking balls. You know, <laughs> but like like I do the same thing with Jordan Peterson. Everyone's like, he's a Nazi, isn't he? And it's like, no, you idiot. He's not a Nazi. Have you read or watched anything he had to say, or did you just watch the news? I dude, I hate the news. Whenever my parents put it on. My parents don't put it on. My grandpa's. My grandpa does though. My mom does it. My dad does not. But my mom does it when she's like she's works from home, and so she puts it on. But she works in the office that's across the house. But she can hear it during the lunch break. She'll she'll like walk by the kitchen and she'll look at it for a second. Like to me, it's like the information that they show and the statistics that they show for some of the things. The way like they crime speak rate is it's so falsely. It's so incorrect. The crime rate you're saying? Like crime rate, poverty rate. They, they focus on the negatives. That's the only thing they focus on. How is it incorrect, the, the crime rate? Well, because I I've meant, heard it's meant, lowest it's ever been. I meant as in like statistics about like just within the community, like crime, poverty. Like over like 10 years, they'll show a statistic. But they don't include the information. Or if they do, it's false information. As in like it's not – they don't show the full statistic. They kind of shorten it down or they, they give you what they want to feed you. Because what the people own the, the news, they choose, especially news with political backgrounds, they choose what the people see. You know, it's good to it's good to be compassionate with the people that say like, like they watch the news and they're so ignorant and so indignant, so set on their views. Like the same thing with that girl that was like, you believe everything you read in books? Like it pissed me the fuck off. And I immediately grabbed the book and I'm like, here, this fucking page, Viktor Frankl, let's talk about it. You know, like... What we should do is be not nice, but be constructively compassionate mm-hmm. because because there was a time when all of us hated reading, I, I most of us anyway, or like we're super ignorant and super righteous. And it's like, and it's like, when, it's like for me personally, when I started listening to Alan Watts, when I, when I read Alan Watts uh, talk about Taoism, it was enlightening, man. That was my first book I've ever read. It was about the yin and the yang. And, like, it changed me forever. Because I remember I first, when I, when I first got on the path of self-improvement, like, I, I was, like, looking 
at like Buddhism podcasts because that was when I was really lazy and just wanted to listen to something. Yeah. Like only. And I was listening to this podcast. He's talking about like the five aggregates and all this. I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then somewhere along the line, I find Alan Watts and like, there it goes. It goes fucking like, here I am. I'm going down the road. And it's like, that can happen to anybody, dude. Like all, it just, it just has, the things have to set up perfectly for it. It's kind of like you fall into it because of your interest. I mean, you can think of it as like a funnel. You're always going around. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll eventually find a funnel and you'll be placed in it. And you'll eventually just fall down that hole. You'll never go fall down the hole. I mean, maybe when you die, but, because but, that's the end I mean, of it. Depends the, how you think about it. So no, no. Supposedly, when you die, that's the end of consciousness. But I don't think it is. So you're always just spy, like at the, like a library. They have one of those, those things you put the oh, yeah. down and it spins down there. For like Clinton McComb Library, yeah. the main branch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like that. It just keeps going. Just stuck in a funnel, man. Mm-hmm. Do Marco? I just realized this. Look at this brain, like from close up, and look at the walls of the maze. They're Franklin's. Yeah, hundred dollar bills. It's very. That's very creative. That they made the brain into a maze, and now the maze they made the walls out of hundred dollar bills. Dude, uh, for for Christmas, my grandma gave me an envelope. I had a Franklin on it, and I was and I was looking, and I, it just occurred to me, like it just sprouted out of my 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 mind. I was like, I'm looking at this bill, and I'm like, this is the smartest of all the people on the bills, and he has the hundred. Yeah, I should do some more research on Franklin. You know, he invented a lot, right? He invented a lot. Yeah, like what the monocle. Invent? Not the monocle. Um, glasses. Yeah, glasses. He invented glasses. I think it was some type of like small reading glasses. I want to look it up. I think he invented the stove. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. I didn't know this. I wonder what it'd be like if, if he came in and looked at all this shit right Bifocals, now. Bifocals, that's what they are. Bifocals, I've heard of that. Um, glass harmonica. Let's see what else. A stove. Um, a lightning rod. Yeah, I, I did not know he invented bifocals. Did you say so, a lightning rod? Yeah, lightning rod, bifocals. Um, he invented, you know those, uh, those fins that you wear when you're swimming? Flippers? Flippers, yeah. He invented flippers? Yeah. Oh my god. There'd be no Aquaman. Well, these Aquaman wouldn't wear flippers. He invented the urinary... <laughs> the, the urinal? No, he invented the urinary catheter. What the hell is that? The thing that goes in your pee-pee. The urinary catheter? Catheter. What's a catheter? Uh, I'm trying to read the description of it. Whenever there's a downtime, I'm just going to open up Obstacles to Win and read something. So it's basically like a small tube that goes to your bladder. And it's supposed to drain urine 
third ladder. Yeah. It was a what it's, now? It's, it's what old people usually have. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's there's some water uh, damage in here or something. Yeah. Oh no, it's fine. The to harness the same power. Um, for recovering addicts, learn the serenity prayer. I'm not going to read the prayer, but, um, it's a lot easier to fight addictions when you aren't also fighting the fact that you were born, that your parents were monsters, or that you lost everything. That stuff is done, delivered, zero, and 100 chances that you can change it. So what if you focused on what you can change? That's where you can make a difference. Behind the serenity prayer is a 2,000-year-old stoic phrase. Ta efimen ta uk femen. What is up to us is not up to us. Oh, I remember that part of the book. I was I was about to I was about to quote something and I'm like, oh, you're reading the book. So you didn't know you didn't realize I was reading the book. Yeah, I did not. Oh my god. And it was like really familiar. I'm like, where's this from? So what is up to us, Ben? Our emotions, judgments, creativity. Attitude. So, so okay, let's stop at judgments and emotions. So, so you got irrational thoughts going in your head about mm-hmm. like, oh, what's going to happen? Oh my God, what's going to happen? That kind of shit. You need to realize that you can stop that at any time. And people say like, oh, that's repression. Maybe it is. But, um. He talks about that in the book too. I, I, I don't think, I don't think it's a, I think it's a healthy kind of repression. Because it's it's not good to be, do, be delving on that stuff. And you know what? I looked through your Goodreads uh, today. You did? Fuck, this fell out. You are on Will. I know that. But um, It was 124. Okay. So, I noticed that on your Goodreads, there's a book on positive psychology. Don't read that positive psychology book. What What is the, what is the book called? I don't remember, but positive psychology is... Uh, um, is Jordan Peterson attests it. Okay. I mean, if it sounds interesting, go for it. But, like, I don't think there's much merit to it. Positive psychology? Mm. Was it called Authentic Happiness? I think so. With the blue cover, yellow words. Let me see. I hear top one. Yeah. Using new positive psychology to realize your potential lasting fulfillment. I want you and Andrew to read The Righteous Mind or The Coddling of the American. Preferably The, the Righteous Mind. That was... Jonathan Haidt wrote that. You know who that is? Hmm? You know who Jonathan Haidt is? No. He's a social psychologist and a damn good one. He, he, read, he read Durkheim. He's, he's like, he calls himself a Durkheimian. Which means that he understands that um, everything, our values, are rooted in religion. And not the Abrahamic religions. So, like, not God. But things that are sacred and our morals are, are like, good and evil. Mm-hmm. That's rooted in... And I guess religion is, like, religious tribes. Like, individual religious tribes before the Abrahamic religions. And that's what, that, that's what it's rooted in. So like a guy who understands that, then uh, I think I think the book is worth reading because the book is called The Righteous Mind, and the subtext the subtitle is, is um, why good people are divided by religion and politics. 
amazing book. You know what we should read soon? Hmm. Common Sense by Thomas Paine. You want to all read that and then do a... It's it's only 106 pages. Oh, so, like, total, total readable pages, I would say, is probably, like, 90-something. I'll add that to my list. Um... My friend, my friend uh, Todd from Kroger, he wanted he he was really looking forward to us uh, talking about Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Did you finish it? Yeah. I you want to talk it. about it? We finished. I finished it um, when the five of us got together for the podcast last. That was you, me, Anthony. Mm-mm. Andrew. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, right, right. It was the girls, mm-hmm. me, Andrew, and you. Still got to cut that one. I've really been meaning to. Um, what, what was the, what was the book you were talking about that you said I should add to my list? There's was a it few. The Righteous Mind? It was something part, oh, Invisible Partners. Yeah. What was I saying? Oh, yes. We need to talk about, uh, we need to close the, the, the door on, um, Catcher in the Rye, so to speak. I want to do that with, uh, when Andrew gets back. All right, we can do Save that. that for another day. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was a good book. Yeah, it was. That was the tease. <laughs> um, for me, I I don't know if you enjoyed the book like thoroughly, or if you like you rated it. Five, I read five, it pretty five, fast. So. But for me, I did like it in the beginning, and then the middle was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Then the end got better. Mm-hmm. So the beginning was in. the best. Yeah, but in the end, it tied in. It kind of made all the connections, you know, the deeper meanings come to life. I didn't understand the thing with the ducks. I mean, I, I kind of did. I I think I know what it is. I mean, I, there's obviously different meanings. Here we go. Time. Andrew's not here. We're talking. Well, we're about just gonna it. talk about this. And we'll end the podcast here. But you know how every time he gets in a taxi, he's always asking the taxi driver, "Where do the ducks go?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Do they just go south? Do they just like..." All of a sudden, he'll, he'll, he'll just be like quiet, and he'll be like, let me ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, they're always silent, and they're very, I won't say clueless, but they're very... Some are, some some get annoyed by him. Yeah. Because it seems like obvious. But yeah. to me, I think near the end of the book, when he leaves the bar, and he gets kicked out of the bar, and he walks... Which bar? The, I think it was the Wicker Bar, after he hangs out with the girl at the play. Oh, uh, what's her name? Sandy. Sandy, yeah. Yeah. And Sandy's talking to another guy, and then after that, phonies. Yeah, Holden Holden gets really mad. He's calling him a phony, and then he leaves. He goes to the wicker bar, and then after he gets drunk and he gets kicked out because he's underage, he goes to the park and it's at night, and he sits there, and he's like looking for the ducks, and he's wondering, and he sits down, he's just wondering where the ducks are at, and he almost falls in the water looking for them. Yeah, I remember that. And at that point in the story, I kind of realized that. Ducks, ducks are always in gatherings. They're always, and if they do migrate, they migrate in groups. But if you think about it, Holden is like a duck. In the story, what? there's no ducks on the pond. And he, he's always questioning where the ducks are at. It's like him in society. He's alienated from society, and he cannot connect with anybody. So he's like a duck. he's like a duck. Yeah, he's like a duck. And he's always trying to connect with the girls, the taxi drivers, all these people, but he cannot connect with them or at least he thinks everyone's phony and he's very judgmental because he's like a duck those two things he he thinks everyone's a phony yeah and he can't connect with people that's the same thing that's another way of saying the same thing yeah and he's very judgmental 
And so he, it's very hard for him to connect. And when he tries to hook up with Sandy, it doesn't go well. And he gets, like, very upset, calls her phony, all this. But I think it's, it's, it's symbolism to him being a duck and how he is left out of the group. He's the lonely duck. Oh, my God. Glad we recorded that. Yeah. I mean, that's... I, I want to go back to it because... I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, that was an hour in. I'm going to go back to that. Interesting. Interesting take. But I'm going to go into more detail because I want to reread that part. I thought it had to do... Okay, that was the last time. That's, that's the last thing we, we talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, we're ending it here. We're All right. Movie. Yeah, Midsummer. Yeah, you going to finish that sucker. Mm-hmm. All right. This was an hour-long podcast. Ben, you have any closing remarks? Um, it's another episode of Shooting the Bull. Yep. <laughs> That's the new name. All right, see you later. <laughs>